Hello, I'm Dr. Scott Wadier. And I'm Tommy Welling, and you're listening to the Fasting for Life podcast. This podcast is about using fasting as a tool to regain your health, achieve ultimate wellness, and live the life you truly deserve. Each episode is a short conversation on a single topic with immediate actionable steps. We cover everything from fat loss and health and wellness to the science of lifestyle design. We started Fasting for Life because of how fasting has transformed our lives, and we hope to share the tools that we have learned along the way. everyone. Welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. My name is Dr. Scott Wadier, and I'm here as always. I'm a good friend and colleague, Tommy Welling. Good afternoon to you, sir. Hey, Scott. How are you? Doing fantastic, my friend. Excited for today's conversation. It's been a minute since we have done a listener Q&A. Mm-hmm. So we've had the team and we've scoured the thousands of questions that have been submitted since the last time we did this or ones that mm-hmm. have been on our list uh, and haven't made the cut. But we've picked a handful of good <laughs> ones for today. We're going to dive in. And what I love about doing Q&As is that these are real life questions and that's not just one-offs. These are things that we consistently talk about Mm -hmm. over and over again in applying a fasting lifestyle. So our podcast aptly named the Fasting for Life podcast. If you are new, welcome in. We are excited to have you. If you want to hear more about our journey, head back to episode one. You can get the details on how Tommy's used fasting, how I've used fasting and how it's completely transformed our life. And what I love about this is the conversations and the questions that we're going to go over today speak directly to one of our favorite things to receive from y'all, the listener, is a five-star review. It's our favorite kind. Mm -hmm. We'd love you to uh, leave us a review that tells the podcast world that we are delivering value each and every week. So we have a fun shout out from Angie Banji 79 Tommy, and this speaks to, you know, why we do this week in and week out. Yeah, she says, still after almost two years of listening to this podcast, I am still learning new things. That's incredible. I cannot imagine my life without this podcast. Thank you. That's so awesome, Angie. I'm so glad that you're you're still finding useful information and have found it so Im- impactful for you because that, that's exactly why we do this week in and week you out. You are a true OG. Yeah, like, right? True OG from back in the day, right? <laughs> I absolutely love that. What I find ironic is finally some consistent, useful information. Finally, (laughs) after two years, we've been doing this for two years, 200 uh, plus. Finally, these guys have have hit a stride, you know, just useful information. Yeah. Right. But to your point, if you're an OG and you've been listening to this for a while, or if you're new, we appreciate you being here as well. Incredibly grateful that you guys continue to listen Mm -hmm. in. And we're going to continue to march on and, you know, pull people out of the matrix one download at a time and empower you that fasting can work for any lifestyle, any position that you're in and can actually be transformational for your life as well. So adapting this fasting lifestyle is what we're all about. And some of these questions that we're going to talk about are things that reign tried and true. And I would not have imagined when we started the podcast that, you know, it'd be 200 episodes later and we we don't run out of things to talk about when it comes to fasting. And fasting is so simple in concept, but not in you know, application sometimes. And that's what some of these questions are going to be discussing today is the application mm-hmm. of fasting. And in concept, again, fasting is very, very simple. Stop eating, but it is more difficult in the execution. We like to say the first two rules of fasting, unless you are a tried and true faster or you're in a circle of friends that fast is don't talk about fasting and don't talk about fasting from right. our wonderful <laughs> reference back to Fight Club. So, Tommy, 
Let's set the stage mm-hmm. today. So here is question number one. I find myself making more emotional choices when I have a one hour plus eating window. I eat things I wasn't planning on eating just because I'm allowed to eat for a longer period of time. Interesting mm. wording there. Yeah. I've tried, tried to acknowledge it, but it never fails. There's always an extra something I manage to eat in between breaking fast and ending a fast. How do I train my mind to say no to myself? Good luck. Mm. LOL. Yeah. Uh, that's it in a nutshell. All right. Simple, simple <laughs> answer, right, Tommy? Yeah. Yeah. Simple enough, right? So I think referencing back to an episode, I don't have the number in front of me right now, but willpower versus won't power versus I want power is what immediately comes back to me. 125 is my guess, but keep going. Okay. All right. We'll we'll verify that, right? So when we're talking about training myself to say no, sometimes we think about that as like being, you know, more disciplined. And the thing about it is saying no is like my toddler brain starts to like you know get this pent-up demand this pent-up energy to just say no and like throw a tantrum but saying no is kind of like a power struggle with myself so reframing it so that i get a chance to say yes to myself in a certain way can be much easier to do and to stick with and less difficult in those moments of temptation so you know what is it that you actually want besides just the restriction of it what is it that you want so if you're wanting to condense your window a little bit make it well uh, i'm sorry she's saying that when the window is expanded a little bit and so that's already implying that there's some consistency here with a very short window maybe it's like a 20 or 30 minute for like a meal going into one hour plus and now i'm kind of considering it a window versus an omad when you're doing that i think it's important to use some of those longer windows sometimes so i don't like just consistently always having just like a 20 or 30 minute, like an OMAD window every single day, all the time, and feeling like that's the only way that I can like trust myself. Because the the problem there is it, it's hard to get, you know, a really good amount of, you know, nutrition and satiation and be able to enjoy life a lot of times if it's only within a 20 or 30 minute time period during a day or depending on how long those fasts are. So that can be tough. So I, I really don't want to just just be in that for my comfort zone. We, we need some reps with some longer windows for sure. So then how do we feel like we're staying in control with some of those longer reps? Well, maybe a little bit more planning because it, it, like if you're just going to sit down for one meal and have one plate and then and then you better be looking forward to it. Right. Yeah. But you also might not have to plan that much for that one plate because right. you're not really scared of how many calories you're going to take in or how you're going to feel afterwards or so on and so forth. But if if you're expanding that window, a little bit more planning goes a long way. So I would I would actually start off with if you're worried about the amount that you're going to consume in a one hour window, start with something that's less calorie dense, like some raw, crunchy vegetables. Like so for me, that might be like a sliced cucumber with some salt and pepper to kind of break that fast and cut down on some of that ravenous hunger because it's kind of similar to um, eating right after working out, right after an intense workout. That can be like a ravenous time where you might be scared or hesitant how much you might intake during that time. So kind of being proactive about it. I would do that. I would say take the same plate you used yesterday with like a 20 or 30 minutes and then add those crunchy raw vegetables and then just set a timer for another 30 minutes after that and then practice that as just like a first step, like a stepping stone to going to being a little more trusting of yourself with a longer window. So interesting that we always see these questions and, and we we don't talk about our, we agree on the questions, but mm-hmm. ahead of time, we don't talk about our responses to them. True. Yeah, yeah. And I'm gonna take a completely different approach to this question. Excellent, love yeah. it. Yeah, so you just went really <laughs> tactical, right? So I'm sitting here right. going, I didn't even think about that. What I'm sitting here is tapping and thinking about that emotional choice. So mm-hmm. there's, 
I don't want to say mistake number one. There is a cue number one, right? Okay. Is that you've identified that this is an emotional choice, right? And the couple of words in here, you weren't planning on eatings, right? So you took the planning approach, right? And, you know, getting a little bit more strategic with it, which absolutely needs to be a part of it. You can't forget the plan. Mm -hmm. But the I'm allowed to eat for a longer period of time and you've tried to acknowledge it, right? So that type of terminology, that hope speak mm -hmm. can be tough. Hope First speak. of all, you're allowed to eat whatever you want, whenever you want. <laughs> No one is telling you you are not allowed to do so. So for yeah. some reason, your brain is saying, red alert, red alert, red alert, restrict, 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 deny, deny, deny. And you're like, well, now I, I'm allowed to do this. So, well, dang right, I'm going to do it. Right. So if you're trying to acknowledge it and you are noticing that in the moment you're making an emotional decision, are you hungry, angry, lonely, tired, bored, or stressed? And you have to ask yourself, we always want to change the action right? We're going to rely on emotional food choices to get the hormone hit, right? The happy hormone mm -hmm. hit to get that short-term itch scratched. But then long-term, it's never going to be scratched because emotional relationships with food or emotional cues don't get served by the food itself. It's the underlying reasoning. So my question yeah. to you is like what my four and a half year old does to me is, but why dad? But why? But why? But why? But why? <laughs> but why? But why? So first and foremost, how do you break that cycle? Well, you identify it. You've identified it. But now you have to ask yourself the question, but why? And a way to work yourself out of that from an actual action standpoint is exactly what Tommy outlined, which is putting in that little bit more intentional planning and mm. making sure that you're putting things into your eating window, into your nutrition opportunity that are satiating, that you do enjoy. Now, I'm not saying mm. eat the special 1099 two for one dessert box from Domino's or whatever it is. Put some mm. intentional choices <laughs> in, but make it, make it look forward to it, right? Have the foods you enjoy and take that pressure off of the allowing type verbiage and really dive into why and what what is underneath that feeling because i believe that's where the answer lies so yeah I, I really like that that's good and doing some things that you enjoy while you're actually fasting too so it's again less of the denying and yes. more of the rewiring and make sure to vary your windows too and that really speaks to the another one of these questions here which was that came in that said my husband really wants to really wants to want to fast Mm, interesting wording there fast. yeah but he admittedly has a writing mechanism if he loses 10 pounds he emotionally here we go again feels the need to we need a better help sponsorship better help if you're wow. listening if he loses 10 pounds he emotionally I've been feels, here too i've i've been yeah here oh, too. me too yeah oh 100 the need to reward himself for a job well done and on mm. comes the 10 pounds he lost sure how can i help him or what is the strategy for this it's definitely deep-rooted probably a whole a whole show can be done on this one, LOL. <laughs> yes, you're right. So first of all, he's really going to need to figure this out on his own. If I can just speak from a standpoint mm -hmm. in marriage when it comes to husband-wife accountability. Yeah, like um, she won't be able to fix this no. for him or like direct him. No, yeah. no. We're but stubborn. your yeah. <laughs> actions can lead him through this. So I like the concept of chunking, right? Where you mm -hmm. chunk down your goals. Yeah. So that way you don't ever fall back too far from the median, right? So if you lose 20, catch it at five or 10 pounds, catch your habits have changed at five or 10 pounds rather than catching your habits back at 20 or 22 pounds. True. Yeah. Right. So I like this idea of chunking it down, but if he admittedly has this writing mechanism, then we don't have to use food as a reward. That to mm. me instills a, 
man, I'm really being super restrictive and I'm really being really omitted of the things I like. So maybe not as much of an aggressive fat loss to, oh, I got to hit once I hit 10 pounds, right? Well, mm. how about you do things that are good for your mental health and you and make you feel good? Like not only when you work harder and it reach that goal and push more, but mm. how about because you deserve it? Yeah, because you you're a feel good better. person yeah. and you want to feel better and you put yourself first and it doesn't have to be a job well done, gold star, man, I really worked hard and restricted my way to this goal, but yeah. you do it because you deserve it more frequently. So from a marriage perspective, I would, from wife to husband or husband to wife, I would encourage him to do things more that he likes to do that make him feel good that aren't food related. Encourage yeah, can, him to do those things. Yeah, we, we can get so caught up with what what am I restricting or how perfect is my diet or exercise right now? And then hanging my hat every single morning whenever I, I on the scale on what the scale says. So what if you even made that chunk a little bit smaller? So instead of looking for the next, you know, uh, decade mark, you know, that 10 pound <clears throat> interval, you know, what if you were just looking at four or five pounds so that it didn't feel like it took so long to get there too? And like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I've been restricting myself for three, four or five, six weeks or whatever it is to, to hit that mark. Now I really feel like I missed out on the last month or month and a half of stuff. And then I'm, I'm kind of just ready to to go crazy to bring it all back with some emotional food decisions, breaking it down, you know, a little bit smaller and going, okay, let me just hit the next four pounds here. And then my goal at that point, let me just maintain it for a few days, maybe a week. I want to see it just steady. I'll bring in a little bit more food and shorten up my fasting times a little bit. Let me just maintain right there, feel how that feels before I, I head for the next leg down, because otherwise you're just back and forth with this yo-yo cycle. And it, it's really tough to get out of that pattern, but it's bad physiologically. And then it, it's it's bad for your reinforced psychological habits as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's so cool that you've identified it, right? Because we know we know her, right? Leslie's mm -hmm. had great success with the program. Right, absolutely. So the marriage merge, we've done countless conversations on that, right? The marriage merge of fasting, different lifestyles. Mm -hmm. My wife's a calorie counter, weigher, tracker, crossfitter, horseback rider. I'm a, you know, intuitive, faster, protein paced, very carnivore-y. I like mm -hmm. my zone two Peloton rides and golfer. So it's like, we are like <laughs> And you never want to track anything. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I've been there. Right. I don't want to do that anymore. Now, yeah. periodically, of course, you know, with the CGMs from NutriSense and with my Keto Mojo and you know, with, with doing something. Yeah, you don't want to be weighing every onion, right? No. Like you, like you did no. back in the day. <laughs> I need 200 grams of rice. Yes, I know that's one <laughs> cup. So the cool thing is, is that we support each other in the nights that I cook and she cooks. We, I know her numbers, like, all right, how much you need? And she just sends me a rundown and boom, mm -hmm. there it is. It's ready when she gets home from the clinic. So it's cool, but I love that marriage merge. So yes, you can show him, you can lead there, you can encourage him, but he's going to have to, you know, do the work and feel like he deserves it outside mm -hmm. of just hitting that goal. All right. Yeah, even you just, and you may inspire him by saying, hey, you know what? I like this number right here. I'm gonna take the next hey, week you look just good. to maintain it. Yeah. yeah that, hey, that, congrats I mean, on that. That's pretty encouraging right there. It is, and we're gonna be dumb as guys. We're gonna be, nah, I don't wanna hear it. I don't need that. We need words <laughs> of affirmation too, even though we pretend we don't, okay? I'm right, of course. Hey, y'all, wanted to take a second and tell you just an incredible story about an amazing company that we've come across recently. Um, and now they are a sponsor of our show. It's airdoctorpro.com. You can head to the website, use a promo code uh, fasting for life to receive up to $300 off. But most importantly, uh, my little guy, my two-year-old has not slept consistently through the night uh, since he was born. We have tried everything you can imagine. He is our third child. 
And we're just like, what is happening? So we have gone to great lengths, time, money, and effort to figure out um, how we can help him sleep. And uh, the reality is uh, we were pretty much just resigned to the fact that this is how it's going to be until we put the Air Doctor Pro in his room. And I am not joking when I tell you the first night that we put it in his room, he slept through the night. The second night, slept through the night. Now we're up to 35 plus days that he has slept through the night. He has only woken up two times, rather than two, three times a night, two times in the last 35 days and counting. And we are just so incredibly grateful. The reality is uh, we had a feeling that it was something that we were missing. And the indoor air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air these days. In some cases, up to 100 times more. We spend 90% of our time indoors. And we take 20,000 breaths a day. So what's the solution? An air purifier, a cut above the rest. I'm not going to lie. We have tried others. We've tried other HEPA filters. We've tried other air filters. We have spent the money and they have not done the results that Air Doctor did in literally the first day that we put it in his room. They filter out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants. That includes pollutants such as allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mite, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. So I don't know what it was that was keeping them up. But it is now gone. So Air Doctor comes with a 30-day Breathe Easy money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com. Use promo code FASTINGFORLIFE to receive up to $300 off air purifiers. An exclusive listener um, offer for you as well. You'll receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. That's exclusive to you, the podcast listener, now hearing this in real time. Lock this special offer by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code fasting for life. You guys know that we are very particular with who we partner with. And if it wasn't for this incredible company and this, the incredible results that we've seen, I would not be encouraging you to head to the website and take advantage of the fasting for life promo code. So if you support our sponsors, you are ultimately supporting us. We are grateful for you listening in. And now back to today's episode. Yeah, I'm not crying. You're crying. All right. So um, <laughs> here we go. Another question about OMAD going into vacation mm -hmm. and need to do two mad for a few days, but don't want to regain and have trouble getting back on track. Suggestions. Mm -hmm. That's a good one because uh, just like our first question about those kind of habit patterns and like, you know, when you're doing 20 or 30 minutes and, you know, and that's a meal and then you start to open up that window or in this case, bringing in a second meal, it can be like, okay, that fear of regain can kick in. That can be a big point of, of fear, you know, for a lot of folks, especially if, if what you've been doing hasn't worked for a long period of time or right. you're relatively new to fasting or for the first time, you're kind of seeing some results and you're really scared to kind of go backwards. So when you start to bring in a second meal, and, and again, I'm going to reiterate, this is good to practice from time to time. And it's going to be necessary because, you know, a lot of people don't really maintain on OMAD. OMAD can be a great tool for fat loss and for maintenance. But for a lot of folks, we'll need to bring in a second nutrition opportunity that, that will just it's just part of the long-term sustainability plan. So yeah, I don't know a lot of people that, that do OMAD as a long-term strategy. Yeah. Right. It's like easy. forever. Like, oh, that's my, yeah, that's my maintenance. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Are you eating enough? Do you have enough, you know, opportunities right. for satiety and, and all that kind of stuff? So when we, when we bring it in, especially on vacation though, because think about it, that second meal 
I'm on vacation. So that means new opportunities. Maybe I'm going back to a hometown where there's certain places, emotional cues. Maybe there's people who I'm, I'm hanging out with who I've overindulged with in the past. Maybe that's our go-to pattern mm -hmm. or my way of connecting with, with old friends or family. It can be problematic. So I'm, I'm going to say putting some thought into where you're going to be eating or maybe making some food choices ahead of time. Take a look at a, at a menu if you're going to be going to a restaurant and being okay making a few different choices than what you've done in the past, especially if you're like, you know, reliving some of those old memories and rehashing and things like that is really important. So definitely want to compartmentalize and make some nutritious food choices, especially whenever possible when you're going into new territory, like, like new two meal a day territory, right? Yeah, I really like that. When it's a short term thing like that, that gives or like it's a vacation, right? You just want to enjoy yourself, but you don't want to go too far off the rails. This also yeah. primes us for repetitions for maintenance in the future. Right. Like those reps are so important because I can tell you after I lost, we did an episode on it where Tommy put me on the weight loss couch, the therapy couch, and asked me about my journey. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's right. And I lost all the weight, almost 50 pounds, 48 and a half pounds in 50 days. I should have just went to 50 and then so what if it was 52 days, whatever. Anyway, it was. That wasn't the recommended strategy. Okay. Like, cause it yeah. was really hard to like my habits, my lifestyle habits hadn't changed yet. Yeah. Not to enough keep reps. it off. Mm. I didn't have enough reps. So yeah. when I went to OMAD after that, it was like, oh, OMAD, well, here comes the scale again. Wait, what is going on? I thought OMAD was going to be maintaining. Mm. And so it's, I love this fact that it gives you those repetitions and you absolutely want to enjoy yourself because you are not on a vacation going to put fat on. It's physiologically impossible. It's glycogen <laughs> stores, it's water weight, it's travel stress, it's yeah. lack of sleep, it's it's all that stuff. It's the additional but there indulgences. Will be volatility on the scale. <laughs> and it will be volatile. So yeah. another thing is don't weigh yourself when you get back. Get back on track. Give yourself, give yourself a, a few days, right? Yeah. yeah. Give yourself a few uh -huh. days. Cool. Love that question though. We've talked about that inside and out so many different ways. All right. So a couple more here. I'm having struggles going past 36 hours. And this came out during a challenge. And I know I've also been battling with the emotional eating components. You guys are seeing a trend here. When right. we do the polls inside of our challenges, 60 to 70% of the responses are food or emotionally connected to food related or fear around food, sometimes sure. as high as 80% or that fear of regain, et cetera. Interestingly, that's what the research shows too, is the weight loss people that keep it off and sustain it have a new identity around the entire process, interestingly yep. enough. so. The couple of things I want to pull out here is this person learned that my perfectionism actually made me quit my fast just because I didn't stick to the quotes clean fasting window. Now, we just did an mm. episode recently in the last dozen or so on this concept of clean fasting and the benefits and the mindset behind clean fasting and, you know, these rules that pop up around, oh, I'll put 50 cows of creamer. Oh, I'll do a bulletproof right. coffee. Oh, I'll have a, some bone broth, right? So mm. what's the intention of the fast? Go back and listen to that. But then on top of that, this person feels defeated when everyone else seems to have all of these wins. Mm. Oh, I'm fasting. Yeah. Oh, I'm hitting these windows. Oh, I'm in the community group. Oh, I, I did feel a great. challenge. I feel, I feel great. This is awesome, which is also going to connect to the last scale won't have. stop. <laughs> right. Oh man, scale wins all over the place. Yay. Right. So <laughs> how, how do I, right? How do I draw, even the voice I was using was annoying. How do I draw the line where I can push myself a bit more, but not fall into the same loop? How can I get more small wins so I can build a stronger habit framework that reconstructs my old thinking? You are speaking to the absolute crux of the problem. And that right. great question. Great question. Yeah. So, you know, starting to rewire some of those thought patterns 
look for some small wins, you know, find some ways that you go, wait, wait a minute. Maybe I wouldn't have, yeah, I wouldn't have made that decision yesterday or a week ago or a month ago or maybe a year ago and then go, okay, so if all we're celebrating are scale wins because that's the only tangible thing I have, then I really only have one opportunity a day and maybe only a few opportunities in a week if you take into account scale volatility, hydration, like you just mentioned, and all these kind of things, they make for big swings in the, on the scale. And it's not always just trending down. Even if I'm going on a longer fast or even a multi-day fast, the scale doesn't just always trend down. And that can be frustrating or demotivating. So looking for some of those small wins, some of those non-scale victories, and like taking a second to reinforce them, acknowledge them, reinforce them, maybe tell somebody about them, like a coworker, you know, family member, friend, and go, yeah, I'm proud of myself because of X, Y, Z, which can feel a little bit strange at first, kind of like journaling, but even journaling, even just for a couple of minutes in a day and writing down something that, that happened that you're either grateful for or that you noticed as a win can be a big way to reinforce some of those things. And you'll start to find some of those small wins more intuitively without having to, to look as hard or as long. That feeling of defeat, is self-inflicted. And we tend to do that to ourselves. Mm. So you tend to, what's your failure reflex? Do you negotiate up or do you negotiate down? Mm. Right. And we tend to negotiate down based on our habit patterns and our subconscious where we just like to beat ourselves up. Right. Can you explain that the negotiating down like, like an example? Yeah. So if you have a feeling in the moment where we don't, so your, your goals, your targets, your long-term wins, your forever number, your health goals, all that stuff lives far off in the future. Mm. So we need to do think strategic and act strategic. And we need to take daily actions that move us towards our long-term goals. But the problem is, is that we get stuck in these emotional fight or flight, these emotional states where we're making our decisions based on the emotion of the moment and how we feel. And 95%, according to Mel Robbins, of our decisions are made based on feelings. Mm. So when we make a decision based on a feeling and it goes against our plan, our perfectionism, as she said here, right? Or, oh, I got to get it right. I got to do a clean, I got to do this. Then our brain goes, okay, well, you have a choice in this moment. Do I stick to the plan and negotiate up or do I deviate from the plan and negotiate down? Mm -hmm. And our failure reflex, which is that pattern of negotiating down, like how do you show up when you are about to fail or you actually fail? Do you just let it snowball? Or do you Mm -hmm. gather yourself, say, okay, made a mistake, totally fine. I'm an adult about this, not a big deal. It's not part of my identity. It was just a hiccup. Pat yourself on the back, virtual hug, high five. Okay, got it. Regroup and then go, right? Because that self-love component, that self-talk component really needs to be in a positive way, which is where we would negotiate. So in the moment, you have this emotional feeling about this is what I want to do. And you can rationalize any excuse or reason into this moment. Yeah, for sure. But finding a way to stop the action being stopping the reward being the food, inserting something else in there to break that pattern. And that's where that negotiating up comes into play. So a little bit of if then planning goes a really long way. If this happens, then I'll do this instead. So you don't have to make the decision. It's already pre-planned. The second part of that, does that explain it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For sure does. It's like, it's like when you're feeling down, you tend to by default negotiate down, which means I'm lowering the bar for myself. Yeah. But because I'm lowering the expectation for myself, which, which then puts myself into like a negative lower performing habit cycle too. My second thing out of this question, we got one more after this is I'm having so many struggles going past 36 hours and then, and how do I get more small wins? You mentioned this in the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. Well, why are you trying to go past 36 hours? Mm. Why is that like your, your, your you achievement don't need mark, to. your bar? 
back the truck up. Beep, beep, beep. Terrible sound effects. <laughs> Why are you letting me do that, Tom? He's looking at me like, what are you doing? We need a soundboard. Where's board. the soundboard? No, we yeah. don't. Where's the soundboard? Because I just play with it the whole time. Back it up and pick a window that you know, no matter what happens, the sky is falling around mm-hmm. you that you can stick to and do that until it becomes subconscious. It's called habit stacking. Don't mm-hmm. move on from it until that window becomes second nature and that it will break you out of your funk. So taking yourself to the point where you beat yourself up. It's yeah. like, yeah, kind there's of no need few steps and reinforce the habits that need to be there already before getting right. to that point. Right. Yeah. And if like you're that. using 36 hours as like a insulin reversal strategy, well, consistent 20 hour fast versus one 36 hour fast a week. I would much rather you see the consistent 20 hour fast mm-hmm. without this same pattern versus pushing to hit this one thing because it really moves the needle for insulin sensitivity. So does consistency. Sure. Great point. Yep. All right. Last one. And I love this one. What are some reasons I don't feel all the positive things that people report? More energy, mental clarity, et cetera, when in an extended fast. I feel so good. I'm euphoric. Oh, everybody, (laughs) look at me, right? I feel tired most of the time with my longer fast and just drain. Me too. Mm. Most, not anymore, but for a while there. Most of my fasts have been OMAD, a few 48, a a couple longer, 172. I check my blood ketones. They range from 0.8 to 1.8. She gets into all these numbers, staying away from processed foods, limiting carbs, clean fasting, you know, using some trace minerals and LMNTs. By the way, you can click the link in our notes if you want to get a free sample pack. Forget to mention that more often. Sometimes some coffee, hitting the water, doing the seven hours of sleep, and just keeps waiting for that good feeling I hear so much about, but I never really experienced. And this can happen. You know, the crazy thing is here is the weight loss is actually taking place consistently, but really wants to see the other additional benefits from fasting. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I want to encourage you if the weight loss is happening, you know, you're you're seeing some ketones or some evidence, you know, of, of getting into ketosis, even if you're not feeling great, which you expected, right? Like it doesn't feel great usually to be putting on weight. Like usually I just feel like, ugh, and like, tired, I got an insulin coma. A lot of the time I feel like, like, I don't want to look at myself in the mirror. My clothes don't feel great. Like nothing really feels good except for the, in the moment, the kind of like the dopamine, especially if I'm eating certain foods, right? Like that might be the only thing that really feels good in the moment. And and sometimes it could be social connection and things like that too. But a lot of the physical, the physicality of it feels bad already. So I'm hoping that if I get this right, or if I start fasting consistently, like other people have said, then that will feel better. So it can be a little frustrating if there's a mismatch there with your expectations. So I want to encourage that our fat cells are hormonally active. They are sending mixed signals all around. So as our fat cells grow and get bigger and expand and multiply, that means worse and worse hormonal signals. So it can take some time to rebalance those and reverse that and shrink those and and kind of downplay the hormonal dysregulation that's been going on for so long. So that can take some time. So I'm going to encourage you, be patient. Also, it might not be until you hit a certain point of fat loss. There might be a lot of visceral fat going on. There might be some some other metabolic dysfunction going on that could be throwing a wrench in things too. And disturbing sleep, when you start seeing ketones like that and ketosis that can increase adrenaline which can disturb sleep so there's a lot of like there's a lot of factors a lot of arrows moving in in different directions so i'll say that you know i'm staying away from most processed food she said limiting carbs except for veggies in my eating window you know sometimes being overly restrictive for too long on carbohydrates can also lead to some frustration not feeling great so you know we've talked about keto cycling and carb cycling in the past 
So, hey, maybe it's time to introduce, you know, like have some like natural unprocessed carbohydrates, especially as long as, you know, it's even if it's dinner, it's not too late in the evening. That might be that might be sleep stabilizing. So, you know, might want to play around with what's on your plate a little bit, too. And it might be some of the fasts are going a little bit long, too, that that might be having a, um, you know, kind of kind of a frustrating or a negative physiological effect as well. What it sounds like to me too is we don't really know some of the specifics here in, ter- in terms of how much weight loss there's been, how much weight you yeah. have to lose, your age, your demos, all that kind of stuff. So there is something else that happens where you get stuck in this fat adaptation phase or this metabolic switch phase, where mm-hmm. if you start doing the keto diet, you'll get something that's called the keto flu. And you feel all of these symptoms of this transition where your body's getting used to going from sugar burner to fat burner, right? For mm-hmm. when you decrease the glucose and the insulin and the glycogen, short-term glycogen stores, and then your insulin, excuse me, your ketones will start to rise. Well, when you get stuck in this transition, your body's not used to flipping that switch quickly. You can get stuck in this period where you're like, you just kind of feel eh, right? True. And that can yeah. take, usually takes a couple of weeks, but for some folks, it actually takes a little bit longer. So for me, when I notice that my ketones get higher during my longer fast, when I've done the handful of five-day fast or a couple of seven-day fast, sometimes it even happens when I'm when I'm wanting to do my one time a month, three-day fast. I notice that when I hit that time period where my ketones get higher, out of the 0.5 to like 1.5 range, I start to feel, yeah, like mm. I just want to rest. My body is yeah. no longer in the ideal fat burning phase. It's now in the therapeutic ketone level phase or it's moving towards that. And yeah. my body is telling me, hey, rest, you're repairing. So you gotta find the sweet spot. So nothing's broken here. It just depends on where you are in your journey. And then obviously everything else that Tommy mentioned and we mentioned from the start are levers that you can pull to try to get these extended benefits. I guarantee you that they're happening. You're just not feeling them yet. And it's just going to take a little bit more time and repetition. Yeah, that's a great point. Metabolic flexibility happens incrementally and it does take some time. And I, I remember yep. I remember being like 30 pounds down and having a lot of those times where it was like, man, I just I just feel like I need to lay down for a minute. Yeah. And it didn't have to yeah. be for the, for that long, but it was like, whew, I'm exhausted from you know, like I'm I'm fasting and I'm not like over exercising or anything else, but all of a sudden I just feel I just feel tired. But you know, I I would rest for, you know, maybe 10 to to 30 minutes and feel much much better coming out of that. So it's interesting, but if you think about it, repair, like if you're sick and you have an immune response and your body's in repair mode, that's exhausting, you know? So, so again, realizing that and having some patience with the process and just, again, a word of encouragement, you're making progress, you're doing the right things and just, just building in a, a little bit of patience is going to go a long way for you for sure. Like, like keep on the right track here. Yep. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. All right. That is today's Q&A session. Lots of cool talking points, lots of things that we felt that were going to relate to so many listeners, depending on if you're new, old, you've been away from it, you're back to it. You're on this journey of, of adapting a fasting lifestyle and truly making it a fasting for life way yes. uh, to get the results that you've been looking for. So if you're looking for more support, you can head to the show notes. There's a fasting for life community if you want to come in and continue the conversation. Super encouraging, uplifting group inside of our Facebook community where you can talk all things fasting 24-7, break the first two rules of fasting consistently because that's what we do. We talk fasting and being in a like-minded group. Great, great recommendation. Uh, Head on in, check it out. We'll see you on the inside. You can also grab the the Blueprint to Fasting for Fat Loss. Uh, It's our 20-page PDF. We've got our LMNT link. That's all there in the show notes for you as well. All right, Tommy. Cool. Great conversation, Jason. Appreciate it. As always, thank you, and we'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye. 
So you've heard today's episode and you may be wondering, where do I start? Head on over to thefastingforlife.com and sign up for our newsletter where you'll receive fasting tips and strategies to maximize results and fit fasting into your day-to-day life. While you're there, download your free Fast Start Guide to get started today. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a five-star review, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Fasting for Life.